If you like listening to old people talking about football, you're in the right place. Welcome to FDT TV. My name's Mike and I am joined by the very lovely Ian. Um, we are here on a weekly basis talking everything Premier League, especially as you can see from our shirts. If you are new here, I'm an Arsenal fan and Ian's outdated West Ham shirt that you can see behind. Um, <laughs> but he's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about later. So um, without further ado, let's just get into it. Um, just going to recap very quickly over some of the uh, the weekend's results um some high scoring games um and some very not high scoring games first one i think is going to be ev- uh, obvious to everyone newcastle absolutely battering sheffield united 8-0 i couldn't believe it when i saw the, yeah when i saw the scoreline i was like um at 3 0, I was like, oh, maybe I should start watching this game. But what I would like to point out, it wasn't Newcastle, it was Newcastle's B team. Because mm. they, played, they played in the Champions League, so they played a heavily rotated side, which still battered Sheffield United. And that does beg the question. I mean, I think we Going made there. some predictions at yeah. the start of the season. Uh, yeah, yeah. As, um, as to who who would be going down, who's a risk. Um, I think, obviously, we mentioned Luton um, at the start mm. of the season. Sheffield United, a bit of a, a yo-yo club. And I think Everton were uh, another one of the ones that we spoke about. But, yeah, I mean, we have seen it before when our teams have been severely humiliated. Um, it does come, or the managerial, uh, or the manager does come into question. I mean, what do you think about this in in this situation obviously as you mentioned it's sorry go yeah I mean, we, we spoke about it i think last week possibly the week before mm. about them selling like sanderberg and people like that who are good good solid midfield players who are leaders of the team um i i don't think they're they're, they're nowhere near the team that come up last time sheffield united they have got some players who on their day play ball do you know what I mean like the Ollie McBurnies of this world you put him up front for Fulham he's going to do that sort of Mitrovic role but he's not he's not a week in week out I'm going to score you 25 goals a season keep you up um, in the championship yeah he score score for fun but but that's the that's the step up isn't it um, in, in, in quality I, I think the question marks over Paul Higginbottom uh, who's the current manager which have been rumbling on now for a few weeks mm-hmm. obviously don't help um, because if you're a team that you know you're going to be up against the, the the wall a lot of the time and, and actually you have to pull out some big performances across the season just to sort of make sure you stay in the league and you question mark already after what six seven games he's oh the manager's going to get sacked then as a player you go well if he's getting sacked why am I bothering yeah, yeah. Like, busting my balls to to, to put in 100% effort when I know in two weeks' time new managers can come in and either I'm going to get dropped completely or he's going to like me and I'm going to get I'm going to get played anyway. So why, mm-hmm. why would I bother? Um, and I know it's not as simple as that, but in the back of the mind of, of some players, that will definitely be the case. Um, and and there will be some players who are not not invested in the club as such as like some of the youth players that come through, some people who know the history of the club you get some of the say foreign imports some of the 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 homegrown players as well that come from afar um don't don't get the culture of the club um i mean sheffield they they obviously got two two clubs in sheffield but but they're both fairly passionate i would say and and 
I don't think necessarily players always buy into that. So it's it's a difficult time for them. I I think if they don't change it, it will only get worse. Uh, but if they do change it, it's it's still a difficult job. Mm. It's not a case of, oh, <clears throat> we're going to change manager and, and we'll stay up. You're going to change manager and still be slogging it out every week to try and get a, a draw, try and get Nick a three points every now and again. And it's, it's yeah, I, I, I don't... I didn't see anything of the bits I did see uh, from that game. I didn't see anything that says they're going to stay up this season. I um, I was actually thinking about this earlier because um, obviously I know of a manager that has recently departed from um, a certain football club who <clears throat> I think, in all seriousness, has shown previously in a year that he can kind of stop the rot and look to... M- make a team kind of bounce out I think to be honest I think Sheffield United Luton I definitely ones that are going to go down this year without a shadow of a doubt but I mean to give him any sort of fighting chance one manager I think it could potentially do that is Neil Warnock yeah yeah he's a well versed he he don't muck around does he no but he knows the league as well Mm. The only the only thing I would say, comparison, because obviously we're talking about Luton as well now, is is I think looking at the two, I think Luton look the better team. Mm. I think they look more invested in each other and, and working for each other. Um, obviously with a smaller budget, smaller stadium, um, probably a smaller fan base in in all honesty. Um, but but I think when you when you look at the two the two teams play. I know, obviously, eight nil. It's a bit of an obscure result, but when you look at them, uh, I think Luton have been given more of a, a football game to, to, to teams than, than Sheffield have this season. Mm-hmm. And I think, unfortunately for them, just because of the sheer size of, of everything that's coming at them, they they they're going to get a bit battered. But if they can better Sheffield United, then they, surely that's a win. Mm, absolutely. So 19th rather than 20th if you can go actually we come up as underdogs with everyone saying we weren't going to win a game we didn't even finish bottom mm. like, so I, I think that would be a good aim for them uh, I mean <laughs> let's be honest I think we'd all like the underdog story where Luton actually managed to pit relegation on the final <laughs> the final day do you know what I mean yeah yeah But and obviously speaking of Luton they picked up their first points of the uh, the campaign or first point of the uh, the campaign with a one-all draw against, oh, was it Brentford? Not Brentford. No, it was Brentford, wasn't it? I, I want to say Brentford. Anyway, they picked up the first points of the season. I'm sure, um, as I said before, a guy I work with is a massive Luton Town fan. Has been for, Wolf, for it years. It was against Wolves. Wolves. Carry on, Wolves. Yep. So they. Um, picked up the first points and I'm obviously I would love to be, but just kind of echoing what you were just saying there that you'd love to to see them um at least get something out of this season I think it's going to be possibly a stretch too far me personally I think they got promoted too early if I'm being completely mm. honest um but I mean fair play to them they they did it the right way we got to obviously the championship for our playoff final last year and I went through but obviously, we'll see what happens. Um, another team that picked up um, some points this weekend, uh, Everton. Everton was, against, was Brentford. against Brentford. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I think it was 3-1. Yeah. 
And it was yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that um, Everton or their supporters, they have been through a bit of a torrid time. So it was nice to actually see them pick up um, some points to give them a, a bit of hope for, for the season so far. Um, I still still question whether they are going to be kind of in the Premier League again. Um, I know they're obviously it's a long off season it's a marathon not a sprint um but for me they've been teetering too close to the edge over the last couple of years um yeah and i i think their luck may be running out but again happy to you uh to be proved wrong um I, go on i think if, if calvert lewin can stay fit i do think he's a he's a a um a goal scorer definitely um if he can stay fit i think they'll be all right they are a big strong side which is sort of plays into the hands of, of sean dice football isn't it for, mm-hmm. for coming on obviously the um the new owners are potentially coming in any day now and all right you might go oh the track record is not great with teams that they've bought recently um but i think they will throw a little bit of money at it not not necessarily loads because they've still got that financial fair play to to uh, contend with. But when you look at Everton's fixtures coming up, obviously Aston Villa is their next fixture. I think that's a, a very difficult game at the moment. Villa Unai Emery's got Villa playing very well. Mm-hmm. But then they've got uh, they're at home to Luton, which is a winnable fixture. They're at home to Bournemouth, which is a winnable fixture. Um, you think. It, 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 you start getting a couple of wins, couple of results, then confidence comes, the crowd's back. When the crowd's on, on the side of Everton, Goodison Park is a hard place to play. Mm-hmm. And then they've got the the, uh, the Derby game against Liverpool. Uh, travel across, what is it, St George's Park, I think. Yep, um, one mile. Yeah. <laughs> Used to be their stadium or <laughs> controversial. Um, but then, then they've got that game. If, if Everton go into that game with the confidence, with the crowd... They could be the noisy neighbours this year. Do you know what I mean? And and before you know it, they've picked up three or four point or three or four wins or, or draws and decent results. And then it starts to roll a little bit. Um, I mean, hopefully they get battered all that. They've got no confidence by the time they play us at the end of October. But I mean, uh, wishful thinking. Um, but no, I, I do think if they start to score, get a couple of results, get some confidence in that team, I think they will be. They will still be in that that bottom half of the table but i think they will be all right i think that again there's there's a couple of teams this year that i'm i'm worried for uh, obviously sheffield united burnley have come up and and again look like they're trying they, there's a de- de- definitely a method under vincent company but i don't think the quality's there to mm-hmm. to push them beyond luton obviously going to struggle so you think sheffield between sheffield united and luton that leaves one space yep at which point you've got Burnley, Bournemouth, Wolves and Everton and potentially Chelsea still vying for that spot. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, so I think they could have enough in them to, to, to stay up this year. Well, I hope they do because I really want to see, and this sounds really bad, I really want to see them be sponsored by Chang Beer again, uh, get Tim Cahill back and like <laughs> beat Everton and old. Do you know what I mean? That, that's what I like. Um, but it's, it's probably not going to happen. Hang on, that um, means we lose Arteta. <laughs> mate, everyone's got to make a sacrifice. Do you yeah, know what true, I mean? true, true, absolutely. I reckon he would probably still walk into their midfield at the moment. Um, mm. 
show him, show him what to do. Wouldn't do much running, but give him a ball. He could, he could always ping a pass, can he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to follow on something you just mentioned, obviously this is something I wanted to uh, to pick up and possibly talk a little bit more in depth. Um, you mentioned just a minute ago about potentially being drawn into the relegation battle. What the hell is going on with Chelsea? Another loss. Um, what what yep. is going on? Again, you can see the method to Poch's madness, uh, and I think it is madness. They they just they can't find the net. They just can't score. Uh, obviously, it didn't help that Gattuso got sent off for a stupid challenge, and then he was he was like, "Oh, I don't understand what was wrong with kicking that bloke in the leg." Um, but there, there there's a lot of change going on at Chelsea, and I think there's still a lot of change happening behind the scenes that that, that fans and football lovers are seeing um obviously one of their first team coaches has left today uh four months into Poch's reign um it's i think there's a uh, uh what's his name Todd Bowie's coming with his with his group of people he's he's pumped money into it to to meet the requirements of, of buying it he's given people long contracts and when you look at the players that he's bought you're like actually they've got potential to be a really good player what they haven't got now, it, because uh, the Aspilicueta's, the Rudigers the, have left, they haven't got that... Um, foundation. Yeah, they haven't got that foundation, but they haven't got that mentorship. Obviously, I know they've got Thiago Silva, but how many people can he, he mentor? He's like 57, do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but they, they've not got that, right, we've got a spine, let's add in a little bit of flair, let's add in a little bit of, of youthful enthusiasm. What they've got is, right, Youthful enthusiasm potential, that's really good. In 10 years' time, we're going to win everything. But right now, ah, not good. And obviously, that, that could stunt the, the potential rise of some of these players because they're not getting the game time. And when they are, they're not winning. And, and, and it's a struggle and it's hard. And it will build character, certainly. Um, I know we said last year, oh, next year's the year. Yeah, yeah. But it always feels like next year's the year. Um, Again, they're being drawn in. I think they will be all right. They 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 have got an injury list that's ridiculous. Yep. Um, I think it would be unfair to say that they're they're fa- failing at this point because of the amount of injuries that they have. Reese James is a key player who's out. Christopher Nkuku, um is is out as well. I think Wesley Fofana is still injured. Um, uh, there's there's a few of them. Do you know what I mean that? that that you look at and go, well, they're not at full strength. Had they been at full strength, I think they would have had a bit more about them. Um, but yeah, it's just a case of you've got to, yeah, they've got to get something going. They've got to be able to grind out the results. They hit the post again, I think three or four times in mm-hmm. that game. Um, so, so they're there, they're thereabouts. They just need the the, the goals to be two inches bigger. Um, yeah. But it, 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 it says to me that Conor Gallagher's still playing. Do you know what I mean? He he's, he's starting every game. And when you look at some of the players they have that could play there potentially, you're like, well, why is he starting? Mm. He's, a, he's, a, he, he's playing where he should be. He's a mid-table, possibly a good season Europa League mid, midfielder. He's infused I mean, he'll, he'll run his heart out. 
but he's not got the quality you want in that midfield to go, right, I'm going to boss this, I'm going to pass everywhere. He, he win the ball back and then give it away straight away. And that, that's why I think they're struggling a little bit. I mean, if you were Todd Bowie, like, how, how long would you give Potch to, uh, uh, to kind of steady the ship and turn things around? Well, I was trying to put a bet on when Aston Villa went 1-0 up, him getting sacked. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, if it was... Uh, I don't like Potch as a manager. I think he would make a very good assistant. Um, he had a really good time at a few clubs. He had a really good time at Tottenham. But he never won anything. Mm. He, he not brought in a winner. He brought in someone with a philosophy and a play style, which is fine. You haven't bought him in from. You haven't gone and stole him from Tottenham and gone. Come over here. You've had a really good season. I want you to be in charge of my team. He's been. He left Tottenham. He went to PSG. Lost the league in a in a with a team that was probably the best team they've ever had, and he he couldn't win the league. He got sacked from there and went where? Or I think he had a break. No. So he's out, say out of practice, but he's not. He's come out of a job that he's not done phenomenally in, to go into a team that that's one struggling, two going under massive change. It's a really hard job anyway. And and they're expecting him to go. Well, I, I don't know. Are, are the fans expecting him to go out and win the league because they've spent a billion quid? I think it. Or, I think that question really depends on who you speak to because um, <clears throat> I know there are some fairly level-headed Chelsea fans that are aware that it is kind of like a, a bit of a transition period for them. But I would say for the the majority, I mean, I may be speaking out of terms here, obviously not being a Chelsea fan, but speaking kind of generically from what you see on social media and um, on listening to talk shows and all that sort of stuff, it, um, it seems very much that they're ready to get rid of Poch already, um, I've, which I think is extremely harsh given the, the state of how the club is being run. Um, it's, it's not, um, not going to be an overnight fix. Obviously, this isn't... that The issues haven't come down just because Poch is now the manager. Do you know what I mean? It was when Frank Lampard was there, there were issues. Yeah, with um, Graham Potter, there were issues. It's now unpopular opinion, but but you brought him up earlier. You stick a, a Neil Warnock in that team this this year, or a Sam Allardyce. I think you're winning a cup. Mm. At least you're not going to get relegated. You're gonna you're gonna be battling up the right end of the table because you ain't gonna take no prisoners. You're mm. playing shit, so you're not playing. And uh, but on the other side of that. Demand management, from what you hear all the stories, is phenomenal. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and, and that's what you need. You need someone to, to G these players up. I mean, I don't know what's going on with their training or their pitch or whatever, but the amount of injuries they're getting seems really unusual for Chelsea. Like, I know you get the odd, odd few and you can probably put one or two down to re being really unlucky. But but every, every week they come back and then there's another injury. Um, so... That's but something no. I actually wanted to talk about because we've seen quite a number of teams, and obviously I'm not using this as a as an excuse. Obviously, that's the reason why we've got squads 
um, in order to obviously cover those injuries. Um, but do you think, obviously, with the way that we had the Euros, the World Cup, and then we've got the Euros coming up again, do you think that that's had a knock-on effect, obviously, since the, the backlog of, of COVID? Do you think that could potentially be a, a factor as to why some of these playing get, players are getting injured just because of the frequency that they have been playing or circumstantial or yeah it's a a good point it probably there probably is some effect obviously that they know the fixtures and and whatnot that they've they've got to lead up to and and we're not talking like here's the difference here's my well i say difference here's my take on it if you're looking at south Ed united for example where no one's been paid for ages and people start to not really care. You gave them all them fixtures to play. They've not got the best facilities. They've not got all the, the best tech. They've not got this, that, and the other. Actually, you would expect them to, to have more injuries than you would a Chelsea, an Arsenal, a Man City, who have an abundance of facility and people and technology uh, and, and a very good system of planning out when and where and how these players are training, even down to what they're eating their their workloads, whether it's strength training, whether it's cardio, whether it's just physio or yoga or whatever, there, there's a lot more that goes into it. So I think it, it does come down naturally to um to the sometimes the body does just does just break down. They 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 are working hard uh, most days, I would say. Yep. Um, but I think it's it's also down to the club to make sure if you if your players are playing all these extra games actually that needs to be supplemented with extra physio extra this extra let's give these players a little bit of extra care in in the medical room um and plan it out so they don't get injured you can't account for stepping off the curb and twisting your ankle do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. there we are there are real life situations that happen but i think with the the amount of thought and preparedness that goes into it is why you see the likes of Man City running away with it and like you last year you didn't you had what one two may two major injuries at the whole squad where usually by Christmas your whole squad's done <laughs> well we're getting there now <laughs> but but you think you it seems to be that you've spent the money and the time procuring um a, a say a medical team but that medical team to keep the players in tip top condition you're going to go out and find the best this the best that the best and 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 that's how you you get the whole team fit all the time and even doesn't matter the amount of fixtures well i um just to to move kind of on from that subject obviously we'll come on to uh arsenal versus spurs um Obviously, we're just talking about injuries and we have picked up a few new injuries. Obviously, Martinelli picked up an injury um, last weekend, I think it was. Um, Obviously, put the ball in the back of the net, was short off for offside um, and very quickly came off shortly after because of a potential hamstring injury. Um, Therefore, you would assume that Trossard would be the, the next replacement, obviously replace him in the game. Um, unfortunately, that the news broke yesterday that he was, or he's picked up an injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's him now out. We don't know for how long. Uh, who else we got injured? Thomas Partey still out injured. Um, <clears throat> and one which I think you're going to kind of snigger about. Um, Declan Rice obviously had to come off yesterday um, due to... With a 
back pulled injury. back or something. Yeah. He, he had that once with us. I mean, uh, touch wood, he, he's the sort of player that, that would play every game for you without a problem. Um, I think he did He did come off once with a pulled back after a heavy challenge. But it, it's... It's... Uh, yeah, good to see, arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> I thought no, I, I thought you would revel that in. No, I don't mean that. I don't. I don't. Wouldn't wish bad on any player to, to no. be injured. It's, uh, but it, it is a case of uh, what's changed. I mean, he's used to running through obviously shoddy training facilities, isn't he? So, I mean, going onto a nice flat carpet and. That's it. His body's uh, his body not getting used to it. He's used to running yeah. on gravel. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, just uh, touching on the North London derby. Obviously, we mentioned a few of the injuries. Um, for the first forty minutes, I'd say we were absolutely fantastic. Should have been two or three nil up. Um, obviously, um, Bukayo Saka scored an absolute blinding goal. Um, I, in all, all seriousness, I was I was quite surprised when I see that that was given to Bukayo Saka at first, and I was like, "Was it given to him?" No, it was at first, but then obviously they um, they come back a few minutes later to say that's um, it's gone I was to say, the... that, that was a cross that was going <laughs> yeah, yeah. to the far post. Um, but yeah, it was obviously chalked off and uh, and given an own goal, um, and then Spurs very uh, not very quickly immediately, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it was it was very quickly. Yeah, it was um, stupid, stupid defending. Um, and again, second half, Spurs I think grew into the game because we'd made a few changes due to uh, due to some injuries. Um, and the game kind of changed during the second half. Spurs were kind of all over us um, for for the start of the second half, and then obviously they conceded the the penalty, which Bakaya Saka converted. And you're thinking, fantastic, this is it. We kind of got it. The momentum's turned again. And then 90 seconds later, we concede a goal from Jorginho, dilly-dallying with the ball, thinking he had too much time on his uh, on his hands. Um, picked picked off his feet. And uh, obviously, Hyung Min Song um, scored the, the equaliser. Uh, there was a point towards the end of the game. Obviously, you could see that Spurs were kind of hanging on for the result and fair play to him. Um, but we were kind of growing in confidence in the last 10 minutes or so. And, um, yeah, I was very disappointed. That was definitely what I felt two points chucked away, um, for us. But overall, I think that the, the draw was a fair result on the balance of play. Um, cause there was a couple of times that I think David Rea pulled off some good saves. Um, but at the same time, like I said, there's a couple of chances that we could have possibly converted. So overall, I think the um, the draw was uh, was a fair result. Um, moving on to uh, Liverpool. Liverpool. I think I want your opinion on this because obviously I'm very opinionated, so I know what mine is. But David David Raya pulled off some phenomenal saves um, and again showed some calmness on the ball. Uh, and in some situations are a little bit sketchy <laughs> Ramsdale been playing that game do you think you would have lost do you know what I really don't know um, it's, a, it's a high pressure game it's yep. not a normal game is it and it was very fiery um, and my only thinking was with his uh, I don't think his shot stopping can be questioned uh, it's his composure in, in, in those high intense moments 
um, that, that was letting down recently. And I, I think David Raya recovered brilliantly to make that save down to his right. Yep. Um, everyone was like, that's a goal. Uh, and all of a sudden it wasn't. Um, Very I think David Simon-esque. Yeah, I think that will get probably save of the season, if I'm honest. Um, but I just I just thought if that was Rams now, he, he, he wouldn't have got that. That would have been that would have been two one. Do you know what I mean? I don't. I, I I disagree. Well, obviously, I don't know. It's it's one of these situations. It's kind of should have, would have, could have sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Because Ramsdale last season pulled out some spectacular saves. Oh, yeah. um, obviously, there's the I'd say the more famous one was against um, Leicester when Brendan Rodgers was in charge, and even Brendan Rodgers was like, "How the hell did you save that sort of thing?" Um, so I again, I don't don't necessarily question. Ramsdale's ability um but for for me obviously it's a massive game Ramsdale's got experience in the North London derby I think it's very clear to see where Arteta's intentions are um because let's Mm -hmm. be honest I mean other than the the game against Fulham Ramsdale hasn't really put a foot wrong in the grand scheme of things obviously there's been a few silly decisions some sketchy playing out from the back but on the on the most yeah. part you wouldn't necessarily say he's he's done poorly um no. but to it's it's kind of a very similar situation to what happened with Bern Leno um mm-hmm. when again I suppose with Bern Leno he was very nervous towards the end of his Arsenal career because there were some shocking decisions that he made uh, some poor flapping coming out when he should have stayed in the box, that sort of thing. Um, and you could tell kind of he was done. So Ramsdale pushing him out of the squad um, was, you could kind of see it coming. But for, for Ramsdale, I, I don't really know what he's done wrong. I mean, obviously we've got two two quality keepers and they're both yeah. going to need game time. Um, but I think for an occasion such as that, where Ramsdale has had the previous North London Derby experience, um, could he have done better? I, I, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, he's probably taken him out the at the uh, the sidelines for now, isn't he? To to just give him that moment to because he's he's still a young guy. Yeah, yeah, he seems like he's been around for ages because he's played in the Premier League for a few seasons now. But he's um, he's still a young guy, and and I imagine he having having listened to podcasts that he's been on, he seems like the sort of guy who. He's a sort of oh, I'll never stop learning sort of mentality. Yep. So for him, him coming out playing second fiddle to uh, say more experienced goalkeeper, goalkeeper who's played more games in his life, um, he probably wouldn't. He doesn't. It's not an ideal situation, but actually to learn to 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 recuperate to make sure that every part of your game is on point um, wouldn't be a bad thing. And the mm. fact that last year he didn't have any competition. It doesn't matter what he did last year. He could have been the worst goalkeeper in the league. You had no one to replace him with. Yeah, yeah. Having a little bit of healthy competition to go, actually, you need to beat your best every week because otherwise you're not playing. Yep. And, and I'll pick, and I think that's what, 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 um, I was going to say Seaman's done. What Arteta's done is I'm going to pick the best, the best person every week that I think is the best. And, and it's, it's, it's up to you to, to prove me different if I pick someone the, the week before. Do you know what yep. I mean? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, moving on to uh, Liverpool West Ham. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Liverpool three-one winners uh, in that particular fixture. What are your thoughts on on the game? Uh, not on telly, so I was a little bit. Uh, uh, but 
from from looking at the ticker and the stats and the highlights, um, I think the difference between them and us is they were a lot more clinically in goal. Uh, obviously, they had more possession. Um, but but what we did when we had the ball, I thought was really good. We just weren't clinical enough. Um, we could have gone two, three nil up um, at the very beginning, but we just couldn't eat our dinner. Um, obviously, the Jared Bowen header was good um, to level it up. Uh, the it was a little bit of flap city when it when they he scored that that volley. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the sort of an expected result that, yep. that you can get if you can get something out of it. Fantastic. I think the, the score line was a little bit unflattering to us considering what we did with the ball and the chances we created. Um, but 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 it's always going to be if if you can't finish it. Um, I mean, I was on a podcast the other week I told you about, a West Ham podcast, um, or talk show, I should say, um, that everyone's opinion on they are for good was he's a Rolls Royce as a, of a defender, and he's really good, and he, but he probably doesn't suit us because he can't head and this and the other. He gave away the penalty, and I think he was the reason for at least one of the other goals. I think he's shit. Um, I think he, he's always been a shit. Uh, I mean, when we signed him, I made that joke about David Moyes had told his scouting team to get him a good defender. And they come back, oh, we've got this guy a good. Um, <laughs> he, he had a couple of good games. He's, he, he can be all right, but he's a defensive liability. Play him as a, a defensive midfielder, sort of give him that range of passing, because he has got a long pass on him, and he's, he's quite quick and mobile. But other than that, I wouldn't put him as a, oh, we're going to go and challenge right end of the table, sort of, as a centre-back. Um, but what do I know? I'm only a fan. <laughs> yeah, as you said, it was um, it was one of those ones that we were expecting. Obviously, we, um, we do some predictions every week. Nice little segue. Uh, into yeah. uh, into the predictions. Um, so as I said, we do some predictions every week. If you are uh, a regular to the channel, you know that I am the current holder of the magnificent FDTTV predictions trophy, which is currently sitting on Ian's shoulder because he's not giving it back to me yet. Um, but yes, uh, so every week we make some predictions of uh, upcoming fixtures, mainly our own uh, teams and possibly a, a peach of a fixture. Um, so looking at last week's predictions, uh, firstly starting with the Arsenal game, uh, Ian, you had gone for 2-1 to Tottenham, I had gone for 2-1 to Arsenal. Uh, and I think actually if you go back and listen to the podcast, I actually said, my heart says we're going to go for a win, I think it'll be a draw, but my head feels like we'll do... Or right, we will lose that. So just wanna just wanna point that out. Um I did there was part of me that thought we would get a draw, but then by all that I've just kind of covered all my bases going, Yeah, we can win, lose or draw that. So <laughs> Yeah, we can lose as well. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a bit of a moot point. So uh no points for um for either of us there. Looking at the Liverpool West Ham game, you went for four one to Liverpool and I went for three two to Liverpool. The score was 3-1, so it's a point each there. So just to clarify, we get a point for the correct result and three points for the correct score. And then looking at the the other fixture, uh, which was Man United versus Burnley, you went for 3-1 to Man United and I went for a, a plucky 2-1 win to Burnley in that particular game. Obviously, it was 1-0 to Manchester United. So that's uh, one point to you. So two points to you uh, and one point to me for that um for that week 
so looking at the season totals, I think that's brought us back all square again. Yes, it has. So mm-hmm. Ian, you are currently on 12 and I am on 12. Um, <clears throat> check back in obviously every week we do make more predictions and obviously if you want to get involved and make some of your own predictions leave a comment in the comment section below and um, compare how you get on to uh, how we do looking ahead for this um, this week's fixtures uh, we've got obviously the uh, Carabao Cup I think is this week midweek um, but moving on to the, the Premier League uh, Bournemouth versus Arsenal, West Ham versus Sheffield United, and the standout fixture for this week um, is Tottenham versus Liverpool. Um, so we'll start with Bournemouth versus Arsenal. Um, obviously, it's very disappointing for us to to pick up or to, to draw that game against Tottenham. Like I said, I think it was a, a fair result overall, but very disappointing not to come away with the three points, especially at home. Um, and who knows if we'd um, not lost the players that we did through injury could have been a different game but shoulda woulda coulda and all that bullshit um, obviously we are playing away from home but uh, I'd like to think we will bounce back from this so I'm going to go 3-1 to Arsenal on this one uh, yeah I mean you've got some injuries haven't you you mentioned that um, Kai Havertz might score don't know. Um, I mean, the Rugby World Cup is on. Maybe, maybe he's getting his, his um, sports mixed up. We're playing Lincoln away, so that's a travel again, isn't it? Um, oh no, but I'm talking. I'm not talking about it yet, yet. I'm talking about Arsenal and Bournemouth, and Arsenal going to win two 0 Two 0 Cool. Yeah. Sorry, I got. No. I'm getting. <laughs> Getting ahead of yourself here, mate. Getting ahead of yourself. So, uh, West Ham versus, <laughs> versus Sheffield United. Are you playing at home or away during the midweek there, Ian? Uh, we're, we're away to Lincoln. Oh, okay. Um, and, and then uh, we're at home to Sheffield United. So, yep. uh, a little bit of travelling for us <laughs> during the midweek again. But um, I, if, if, we, if we lose to Sheffield now, oh, my God. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you'd expect them to come back a bit better after being trumped 8-0 the question is do they think they can attack us and get something which I would say if if they went on the front foot and went let's just go and pump balls into the box um, then they might get something but I'm going to be confident at home we're going to beat Sheffield United and we're going to do it convincingly I I think we've liked a 3-1 recently uh, so I'm going to go three-one West Ham. I thought you were going to be a little bit more confident there. If I'm being completely honest, um, I, I I completely agree. I think it's going to be a bit of a whitewash. I'm actually going to go four-nil on this one. Four-nil. I mean, I'll take it. Yep, I'm uh, sure you would. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I just think they could come. I think they're going to come and they're going to park eleven men behind the bus. Go, let's play for a draw. Let's get a point. Let's start to build something, and then. But I think that's where their their weaknesses would be because obviously they have got to be a bit on the front foot um, in order to kind of regain the fans' trust and play for a bit of pride. But I suppose you can also play for pride by not getting trumped. (laughs) Um, I think we're... we're, um, Here's a funny stat. We're actually the best team for converting at goals compared to chances over the whole... Premier League at the moment uh, because we have the ball so little but but we're a counter-attacking side 
they, if you stick at 11 men behind the ball and go, come on him. David Moyes doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and and we can't do anything. We can't break down teams. All. I mean, you'd like to think we could because you've got Paqueta, Kudus, Fournals, uh, Bowen, and Ta- we've got the ability in there to play good football. We've got footballers in there for once, but just don't seem to be able to do it. Well, we shall see. We shall see come uh, come the weekend, mate. Um, I think all games, uh, or both those particular games, are on Saturday. Um, let's move on to the last fixture that we're going to predict. Um, this is going to be a bit of a tasty one. Obviously, Liverpool are undefeated at the moment. Um, yep. I actually think Spurs are undefeated as well, aren't they? They are, yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, two as are Arsenal. Um, so it's big weekend for the uh, the top four. Um, how do you see this one going? You say the top four. You're fifth. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, I'm talking uh, Tottenham this? Liverpool. Oh, Tottenham Liverpool. Because they Brighton a third. Bloody hell! I mean, how have they done that still? Um, here's the thing. I know we've said oh, it depends if Liverpool have turned up, but they have been turning up. Uh, and and they seem to be growing in in confidence a little bit um, from from what they have been doing. They 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 played well. There were moments where we could have hurt them. Will Tottenham be able to do the same? I don't know. Uh, and I know that sounds silly uh, because you'd like to say Tottenham play a little bit more forward, but but it's can they keep the ball? Us playing Liverpool play really well into long balls up the wings, cross it in, hope for the best. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This it is a little bit out of Tottenham play, um, but it's another hard game for that Adogi, isn't it? The young guy. Yep. Because um, Salah, Salah, here's, here's, here's something I was going to say. Salah has, has got a new record. Uh, he's the first player to score in 12 consecutive games after scoring against us. Twice. Huh? So there's there's an interesting fact for you. Um but they're not shy of goal, are they? Salah's got four, Nunez got four, Diaz got three, Jota's got two. I'm go there's a little I like here's 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 the quandary I'm in, Mike. Obviously I'm not gonna like Tottenham because they're Tottenham and they don't like Tottenham. But I do like Big Ange. I liked him when he was at Celtic. I, I liked him before he came to the league. I liked what he did with the, the Australia team and, and the youngsters in the Australia team. Uh, and now he's gone to Tottenham. I'm sort of torn because you think, I really want this guy to do well. I like him as a bloke. Do you know what I mean? He's the sort of bloke I would like to have a pint with um, and just talk about football because he's got, he's got very strong views about how football should be played and, and, and how clubs should be run and... And I like it. Um, it just, uh, but he's managing a team that I don't like. So uh, it's it's hard because you think I want him to win, but I don't want them to win. Does that make sense? Yep. And, and now I'm in even more of a quandary because I don't want either team to win. No. So like, if we could have a loss all round, yes. then I'm laughing. I'm going to go... I'm going to go... Real. Oh, tasty. I think I think I think both teams struggled a little bit at the back. But they both like going forward. 
Yeah, three all. Okay, um, I'm going to go. I think one of the teams is definitely going to pick up their first loss of the season. I'd be very surprised mm-hmm. if it is a draw. Um, we mentioned the other day about how uh, Spurs are kind of grinding out results, but I suppose in the same vein, so are Liverpool. Mm-hmm. But actually, if, um, you just mentioned they have got goals in them. Um, we have seen uh, some defensive frailties from Spurs over the last couple of weeks. They've they've been quite fortunate in the fact that they've been outscoring the opposition, um, certainly in the kind of dying moments of the game. Um, but I think this is one where we could see Tottenham pick up their first loss. I'm going to go for 3-1 to Liverpool. Ooh. Both both got fairly high scoring then. Mm. I think there, there is definitely goals in the game. I think the thing is, I mean, I don't know who Tottenham will play in midweek. Um, Liverpool are uh, hosting Leicester, who are high-flying in the Championship. So they're full of beans at the minute. Um, so will that will that change things? I don't know. Tottenham have got. They haven't. They're not playing midweek. Okay. So will that come into it? I don't know. Okay. Well, as I said, let us know your thoughts of uh, of the predictions that we've made. Leave your comments down in the uh, the comments section below. Um, moving on to any other business, uh, Mister Ian. There's just one thing I wanted to bring up. Um, just it. going back to Arsenal. Martin Odegaard has signed a new long term contract for yep. uh, for the club. Uh, I think it's a five year contract. Um, so it's good to uh, good to see kind of like the foundation of the youth players that we've seen over the course of the summer, extending their contracts. Mm-hmm. Martinelli, Saka, Saliba, Odegaard, Reese Nelson, I think, has just signed a new contract as well. Um, so it's good yep. to see that we've um, we've got some some signatures to uh, to extend their uh, their contracts uh, with the club, which is yeah, good. I, I do. It's, it's very forward thinking. You you fall on foul of it a couple of times, haven't you? Where you've gone, oh, this player's now out of contract. Yep. Um. So, so actually, getting in front of it is he, good. Getting getting players that the, the manager knows and likes to sign new contracts is even better. Mm-hmm. One bit that does get me is is, is Ketia. I like the player, but is he is he Champions League quality? Is no. he top top of the table quality? I don't think so. Um, I think he would back himself, and on his day, he's really good, but he's not consistent enough for me. Yep. Um, here's the question. Paul Merson has come out and named a player that he wants Arsenal to sign in Ivan Tony when he comes back from, uh, obviously, his ban. Um, would you take him to, to lead the line at Arsenal? He's a goal scorer. He's got that flair about him. Obviously, he's been mixed up in, in the wrong thing at the moment, but it's, it's a tough one, obviously, because um, he's been banned from all football activity, isn't he? For um, for the the course of his uh, what was it eight month ban he had, um, yeah. Which so he's not been allowed at the football club or anything like that. I think it's a big risk to take. Um, oh, but I suppose there's no riskier than having the players that we've currently got. Um, I suppose it depends. It depends on the the, the value that um, Brentford put on him, because yeah. he's not going to come cheap. Um, but then we make come back very fit cardiovascular wise. He's because I, I imagine he's got a home gym and everything else. 
It's whether he can come back and get that match fitness and, and how sharp. Quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, that's that's going to very much depend on um, on the the price tag. Uh, for me, whether we sh- whether we should or whether that would sway my opinion to go for him or not. Um, yeah, I, don't, I I think it will be a good signing, um, and possibly ship Enketiraf on loan. As you said, he's not not consistent enough. Um, and don't get me wrong, I think he's a great player. He's he's shown um, that by working hard, obviously you get to make your breakthrough. But there's been a couple of times. Obviously, I know Jesus is just coming back from injury, um, but I, I just don't think he's. He's got the physicality to um, to kind of mix with um, with the Premier League. There's been a couple of times I've seen him muscled off the ball too easily. He needs to. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's definitely bulked up a bit, but I think he could do with bulking up a little bit more. Um, yeah. But he's still fairly young. So, yeah, um, yeah. So two things. Two two things for me. Managerial appointments from around. Europe, two that I think are one's a lot more notable than than the other. Uh, so everyone's favourite on the uh, the old scores update is uh, Inver- Inverness Caledonian Thistle. Duncan Ferguson taking charge of them as of tomorrow morning. Um, so I mean, good appointment for them, I think. Um, certainly, uh, it's going to scare a few people, I'm sure. Um, but the big one, the big one is apparently. Apparently, Real Madrid have sourced their next manager. Uh, I think Carlo Ancelotti is leaving at the end of the year, or at the end of the season, I should say. And apparently, they've already handpicked Xabi Alonso to take over. It's not, it's not confirmed, but um, yeah, it's uh, apparently that's 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 who's going to take over, which could work out well. It could work out really badly. He's not. He's not doing terribly at Leverkusen. But yeah, wait and see. Perfect. Is there anything else that you want to pick up? Mm. No. Perfect. No, well, um, if you have made it this far, thank you very much for uh, for sticking with us. As always, we will be back next week to talk absolute bullshit once again. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, if you could please hit that like and subscribe button and turn on the notifications making sure that you stay tuned for all future videos Um, but until then I've been Mike I've been Ian and we will see you next week